بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد طيب we can mention something concerning Iman in the angels last week we discussed several topics or three topics specifically um, one of them was Iman in the angels who can mention something of what was mentioned last week concerning Iman in the angels anything doesn't have to be big even a small uh, small point that you remember Sent the creation of Allah made from light. What else? Sorry? Yeah, that the angels that they purely execute the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't have the free will that we do. Free will. In terms of doing good and doing evil. We human beings, we have a free will to do good and to do evil. The angels, they can only do good, not evil. <coughs> Anything else? <coughs> Something about their physical characteristic. That they have wings. And that the angel Jibreel, uh, he has 600 wings. 600 wings. Tayyib. What's the connection between... These three angels, Jibreel, Mikael, and Israfil. I'm gonna have to choose him because obviously you, you've given me two answers. So what's the what's the what's the um, tell me about Angel Jibreel? What does he do? Angel Jibreel goes to the messengers of Allah. Yeah, he, he brings a revelation to them. Okay? Mikael. What's happening outside today? Okay, so he's the angel that is in charge of the rain. And when the rain comes down, when the rain comes down, then what happens? The crops grow. So he's in charge of the rain, the vegetation. Okay. And the third angel, Israfil. He will blow the horn. By which, firstly, what's going to happen? Because there's, there's two blowings, isn't it? All the people that are alive, they're going to die. Okay. So that is the role of those three angels. Jibreel, Mikael, and Israfil. What's the connection between the three? What's the connection between the three? Ahsant, Ibrahim. Life. All three of them, the connection between them is life. The first angel, Jibreel, he brings down revelation. That revelation gives life to the hearts. The second angel, Mikael, he's in charge of the rain, the vegetation. That gives life to our bodies. And the third is the angel, Israfil. He will blow into the trumpet. Everybody shall, shall die. That's upon the earth. And then secondly, and then the second, blow, uh, trumpet, the second blowing into the trumpet, by way of it, everybody that is dead will be resurrected. Life will be put back into the bodies that are dead within the earth. Next we discuss the books. Who can mention something concerning the books? 
anything that we mentioned concerning the books. Okay. Um, the Torah, the Injil, the Zabur. How should our Iman be concerning these scriptures, these previous scriptures? Okay, so that which was revealed to Musa alayhi salatu and Dawood alayhi salam and Isa alayhi salam, we believe that is the speech of Allah, uncreated. What else? That it's been altered. And therefore, our Iman concerning it is an Iman that is mujmal. A gen, yani we have a general Iman concerning what? Concerning these books. So for example, if someone was to bring the Torah today, do you have an iman, a specific iman concerning every single verse that is in the Torah? No. If someone claims this here, I have the Injil of Isa alayhi salam, the actual Injil that Allah revealed to him. Do we have iman in every single thing that's in there? No. Why? Because as Adam said, it's muharraf. It's been altered. It's been changed. So we have a general iman. That we believe in these books. If some Christian comes to you and he says, you claim as Muslims to believe in the book that was revealed to Musa. You believe in that revelation. You believe in that scripture. But look, it says such and such in there. Look, and he opens up the Old Testament. He says, look, this is what it says in here. And this contradicts your, your, your Islamic, Islamic belief. He will say, stop right there. When we say that we have Iman in the Torah... Let me just clarify what we mean by that. We me, meaning we have an Iman Mujmal. We have a general Iman that Allah did reveal, reveal a book called the Torah to Torah to Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, but, it, but it underwent change. It underwent alteration. And therefore, something that is attributed to Musa alayhi salam, something that is attributed as being the Torah, we can't have, to today, we can't have absolute faith in it, Absolute Iman in it. But the, the, and thus we have a Qur'an, the recital, which is also called Al-Furqan. The Qur'an is also called Al-Furqan, a criterion, the criterion, by which, the criteria, the criterion by which we can distinguish that which is in these scriptures, these previous scriptures attributed to the previous prophets. We have a criterion by which we can distinguish that which is true, from that which is false. So it isn't the case that I believe in the Torah. Absolutely. Every single verse that is in there. Specific faith in every single verse. No. It's a general faith. Now you bring a specific verse. Well I've got the Quran. And then the Quran. It will inform me. As to whether or not. I am meant to have faith in that. Not have faith in it. Faith in it. Or reject it. Or neither accept it nor reject it a person brings a verse from the torah a person brings a verse even from the gospels of mark matthew luke and john these aren't the gospel this isn't the gospel that was revealed to isa but in there it is said that jesus said hear o israel your lord thy god is one god and you should have no other gods besides him this verse here in your gospel of mark matthew luke and john this verse I can totally accept. That Isa alayhi salam did say this. Why though? Why do I say this? 
Because another scripture came later, another revelation was revealed later, that confirms that which you have in this text of yours. I.e. something came in the Qur'an, something came in the final scripture, yani the Qur'an, which confirms that Isa salam did in fact say this to the children of Israel. So the point being, Ikhwan, is that we have a mujmal iman, we have a general iman concerning the previous scriptures as far as having iman in them today is concerned. That which the Qur'an affirms, and it is found in these previous scriptures, we affirm it. That which, is, that which the Qur'an rejects concerning what is found in these scriptures of the, the, the Torah and the, and the Gospels that are muharrafa that have been changed, we reject it as well. And that which the Qur'an doesn't speak about, then neither do we accept it, nor, nor, do we, nor do we reject it. And that is our iman concerning these uh, previous scriptures that we have been told about. Likewise, we have an iman mujmal, a general iman concerning that Allah Jalla wa'ala has revealed other scriptures from them that, that, that he hasn't named to us, that he hasn't told us about. Just like, he has, just like there are prophets and messengers that he hasn't told us about. Thousands of prophets that he sent, hundreds of messengers that he sent. And he's only mentioned 25 of them to us. Okay, another point. What is the dis- thing that distinguishes the Quran from the previous scriptures? Besides you two. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, that it's not being changed. The Quran has not been changed. Tayyib. Next we'll go into our discussion concerning the fifth pillar of Iman. Al-Iman. Uh, Al-Iman bil-Yawm al-Akhir. So concerning this, Shaykh Abdul Mahsin al-Abbad, he says, Al-Iman bil-Yawm al-Akhir. Al-Tasdiq wal-Iqrar bi-Kulli ma jaa fil-Kitabi wa-Sunnah. So what is Al-Iman? When we say Iman in Yawm Al-Akhir, it is to believe and affirm every single thing that has come in the Quran and Sunnah concerning what is to happen after death. So when we say we believe in Yawm Al-Akhir, which means the last day, what does that mean? It means that you believe and you accept Every single piece of information that has been mentioned in the Quran and the authentic Sunnah concerning life after death. That is what Al Iman bil Yawm al Akhir is in reference to. وَقَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ الدُّورَ دَارَيْنِ دَارُ الدُّنْيَا وَدَارُ الْآخِرَةِ وَالْحَدُّ الْفَاصِلِ بَيْنَ هَاتِينَ الدَّارَيْنِ الْمَوْتُ وَالنَّفْخُ فِي الصُّورِ الَّذِي يَحْصُلُ بِهِ مَوْتُ مَنْ كَانَ حَيًّا فِي آخِرِ الدُّنْيَا so Allah Jalla has made the worlds that we live in two worlds, two worlds. Dar dunya, the world of the dunya, of this world that we're in, the world that we exist in right now, the realm that we live in right now, Dar dunya, the abode of the dunya, the the abode of the dunya. Why is it called dunya? Why is this world called dunya? Uh, associated with the Arabic word Dani, which means what? Lowly. The dunya is lowly in terms of its value. In terms of its value. 
compare this dunya to Jannah. What value does it have? So therefore, that is one of the that is the reason why the dunya is that is one of the reasons why the dunya is called dunya. Because it because it is dani. Because it is low in value. And the second world that Allah has made uh, for us to exist in is a Darul Akhirah. The afterlife. The abode. The final the final abode. And the Al Haddul Fasil. The boundary that splits these two worlds apart the boundary that exists between these two worlds and separates between these two worlds is death and the blowing into the trumpet into the horn as a result of which everybody that is alive near the end of this world the end time of this world will then die that's the thing that separates between these two abodes. Death and the blowing into the horn. وَكُلُّ مَنْ مَاتَ قَامَتْ قِيَامَتُهُ And everyone who dies, then his qiyamah, his judgment, his standing, his afterlife, it has now come. It has been established. وَانْتَقَلَ مِنْ دَارِ الْعَمَلِ إِلَى دَارِ الْجَزَاءِ so every single person that dies, now your qiyamah has begun. As I believe the companion Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, All of you are saying, meaning when is the day of judgment? When is the day of standing? He said, فَإِذَا مَاتَ أَحَدُكُمْ قَامَتْ قِيَامَتُهُ He said, when one of you dies, then that's his judge, that's his standing that has begun. The process of your standing, the process of your afterlife, it has now begun now. Why? Because now you have been transferred. Now you have been moved on. Now you have been relocated into a life where there is no more action anymore. Okay? Now you have been relocated into a life where there is nothing other than al-jaza. Yawm al-qiyamah, yawm al-jaza. Yawm al-qiyamah, the day of standing is a day of jaza. Recompense, being rewarded either with good or evil. <coughs> the grave, so when you die, obviously you go into your grave. Your soul is in your grave. Your grave is a place of jaza. Just like Yawm Al-Qiyamah is a place where jaza shall be given. Just as Jannah and Jahannam are two places of jaza, of recompense. Your grave is likewise a place of jaza, of recompense. And thus you're going to find the people that are uh, uh, Saeed, people that are happy and blessed, they're going to be Mun'amun, they're going to be in bliss, in their graves, being rewarded for the deeds that they did in this life. And likewise, the people that are from Ahl uh, the people that are wretched, the people that are, that are the people that are, are being punished, they're going to be punished in their graves. They're going to be punished in their graves because of what they earned in this life. So therefore, the Qiyamah, it begins 
It begins once you leave this life, once you leave this world. And once you enter into Al-Barzakh, Qamat Qiyamat. Once you enter into the Barzakh, then your Qiyamah, it has begun. And then the Shaykh Abdul Muhsini says, وَالْحَيَاتُ بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ حَيَاتَانِ حَيَاتٌ بَرْزَخِيَةٌ وَهِيَ مَا بَيْنَ الْمَوْتِ وَالْبَعْثِ وَالْحَيَاتُ بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ So Shaykh Abdul Muhsini says that the <coughs> life after death is of two types, or is of two stages. Number one, as we know, الحيات البرزخية, the Barzakh, the intermediary life, i.e. the life in the grave. And the second, uh, 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 that which uh, is يعني, after resurrection. والحيات بعد الموت حياتان حيات برزخية وهي ما بين الموت والبعث والحيات بعد الموت والحيات البرزخية لا يعلم حقيقتها إلا الله The life that is in the grave nobody knows as to what its actual nature is like We've heard about and we read about from the reports of المصطفى عليه الصلاة والسلام about the punishment that occurs within there and the bliss that occurs within there the reality of how the actual fragrance that is going to come to you in your grave, the beautiful fragrance, the joy in that grave, the joy in that realm, what it's like, we don't know it. Only Allah knows it. And likewise, the punishment and the torment and the fright and the terror that the person experiences in the grave, nobody knows what it's truly going to be like, what it truly feels and tastes like. Up until you're there and you're tasting it. So therefore, nobody knows the reality of that barzakh other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> then Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, he says, وَيَدْخُلْ فِي الْإِيمَانِ بِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ الْإِيمَانِ بِالْبَعْثِ وَالْحَشَرِ وَالشَّفَاعَةِ وَالْحَوْضِ وَالْحِسَابِ وَالْمِزَانِ وَالصِّرَاطِ وَالْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ وَغَيْرُ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا جَاءَ فِي الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ So everything that has been mentioned in the Quran Everything that has been mentioned in the Sunnah concerning the afterlife, concerning the life after death, is, included, is included within this fifth pillar of Iman. When we say we have belief in Yawm Al-Akhir, every single thing that has come in the Quran and the Sunnah concerning the afterlife is included within this pillar. Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, he mentions some examples. Such as the gathering, the gathering on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, such as the Shafa'ah, the intercession that shall take place, such as the Hawd, the pond of the Messenger والسلام, the Hisab, the taking to account, the accounting, Al-Mizan, the scale, the scales that shall be set up in order for the deeds to be weighed, the Sirat, the bridge that shall be laid across Jahannam leading to Paradise, Jannah itself, Jahannam itself, these matters, they are inclusive of our Iman in Al-Yawm Al-Akhir. This is uh, a brief, uh, in some of the brief words of Shaykh Abdul Muslim Al-Abad concerning Yawm Al-Akhir. And no doubt Yawm Al-Akhir, believing in it, believing in Yawm Al-Akhir, it isn't that you just have belief in it, there are fruits that are produced as a result of having Iman in Yawm Al-Akhir, there are fruits, benefits that are produced and brought about and achieved as a result of having Iman in Al-Yawm Al-Akhir. From them, 
Is that the person has iman in yawm al-akhir. He has iman that life after it there is going to be recompense. After it there is going to be reward. After it there is going to be what? Punishment. If I, if I, yani falter concerning fulfilling the purpose of my existence. Once a person has iman in this, then what happens? Eagerness concerning worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Eagerness concerning uh, uh, yani, uh, keeping away from those matters that Allah has prohibited, that eagerness is brought about. You do good things, why? Because you have such a massive incentive behind it. You keep away from the temptations, even though they're pulling you, you keep away from them, why? Because you have such a massive incentive behind keeping away from them. You ask the person who doesn't have Iman in Yawm Al-Akhir, why do you do these things that you call in good? You, you say that I do good. For example, I'm good to people. I'm, I give in charity. Uh, I'm nice to the person that, uh, a stranger, I smile at him and so on. What's, what's the benefit that you get behind it? There is no benefit that the one who doesn't have Iman in Yawm Al-Akhir, that he gets behind it. So therefore, when you don't have Iman in Yawm Al-Akhir, you don't have a real, genuine, reason to make you become a good person you do you're only doing those things to make yourself happy you're only doing those things because you see a benefit a worldly a worldly material benefit in being a quote unquote good person there's a that you're only good because of selfish reasons if you don't have iman in yawm al-akhir then you're only being a good person because of a selfish motive, a selfish reason behind it. But the one who has Iman in Yawm Al-Akhir, he is being good for a... Now he has a purpose behind him being good. He has a reason to be good for. He has a massive incentive to be good, to be righteous, to be someone that is obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, i.e. Jannah i.e. being in the Qusur, the palaces of Al-Jannah, i.e. being with his believing family in Al-Jannah for eternity. Now he has an incentive in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has an incentive in being a good human being, seeing the face of Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala. What could be a greater incentive concerning any type of action in life? To see the most beautiful face of the Maker subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is one of the fawaid, one of the thimar, one of the fruits, one of the benefits of having Iman in a yawm al-akhir. Another fa'idah, another thamarah of having Iman in yawm al-akhir is that Iman in yawm al-akhir, it gives you comfort and consolement concerning what? It comforts you. If I have Iman in yawm al-akhir, I'm getting comfort. How? Huh? Just, well, yeah, justice, that's, that's actually the third bit. Separate to that. When you go through difficulties in life, things that you didn't get in life, you wanted to get something, but you weren't able to get it. Now, you, but because you have Iman in Yawm Al-Akhir, that gives you now comfort. It gives you, yani, uh, consolement, comforts you, puts you at ease. 
I really, really wanted wealth and I wasn't able to get it. But no problem. Because there's another life that I'm already right now working towards. And the one that has told me about this life, he has guaranteed he will give it to me as long as I work towards it. He has said that he is not going to allow my deeds to be lost in vain. This life, in that life, I'm going to have something that is going to make them the, the greatest amount of wealth in the dunya seem insignificant. I wanted to uh, have children. I wanted to have children. And the person's been put to test in this life not to have children. Doesn't matter in the life that is to come. I'm going to have blessings that, that are going to make the blessing of children seem nothing, seem meaningless. Anything that you wanted in life and it skipped past you. You didn't get it. It skipped you by, it passed by you. Doesn't matter. Why? Because now you have something that is going to give you comfort. It's going to give you consolement. It's going to give you. Put, it's going to put you at ease concerning anything that has skipped you by. I really wanted to. Yeah, and you have that particular business, that job. I didn't get it. Jannah is something greater than that, and thus, and thus it gives you comfort. Any type of difficulty that you go through in life, any type of harm that afflicts you in life, doesn't matter because we know about the person who goes through the most difficulty in life and then he is dipped for a brief moment into al-jannah, into paradise he will say by Allah I cannot remember any difficulty in the dunya so any difficulty that you go in the dunya whether it be wealth, whether it be family, whether it be death whether it be sickness, whether it be oppression, humiliation, whatever it may be jannah, the blessings of it outweighs it so these are from the thimar these are from the fruits of having Iman in the afterlife. Likewise, from the fruits of having Iman in the afterlife is, as Akhwana Faisal, he mentioned, the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you have hope justice shall be established. You have hope that those that were zalimun, those that were tughat, they were transgressors, those that were tyrannical, those that were oppressors, that they shall be taken to account. It's called Yawm din for a reason. Day of judgment for a reason. Day of recompense for a reason. Because people will be recompensed and requited for what they did in this life. They earned evil by oppressing others. There's a deen. There's a day of deen. There's a day of judgment and recompense. And hisab and jazat that is about to arrive. I, have, I am now at ease that these people... Are oppressed, maybe myself, maybe someone else, or maybe oppressors that existed within society, and yet at large, they shall be taken to account. So, therefore, having Iman in Yom al Akhir, it gives a person, a person is able to sense and feel the justice of Allah Jalla wa ala, that it is going to be established. So, these are some of the fawaid and thimar of having Iman in Yom. Al-Akhir, in having Iman in the day of standing, day of standing, it has fruits behind it. And thus, if it is the case that a person does not have Iman in Yawm Al-Akhir, he doesn't have Iman in the final day and everything that is associated with it, then he's going to be from the most wretched of people. He's going to be from the most wretched and miserable, internally wretched and miserable people. And that is why, that is why you shall find 
that those that don't have iman in yawm al-akhir that they have a very very gloomy outlook towards life a very pessimistic outlook towards life negative outlook towards life those that don't have iman in yawm al-akhir very gloomy very pessimistic negative outlook towards life because they see nothing other than this material that they see around them and thus as a result of that they spare no effort in taking full advantage of life this life that we're in right now a Muslim whose Iman is strong he loses something out of material matter no big deal but you see the one that is kafirun bil yawm al-akhir you see how haris he is how, uh, 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 how uh, you know, ardent and passionate he is over the material matters. And thus, the one that doesn't have Iman in Yawm Al-Akhir, you will find that he will spare no effort in taking full advantage of this life, even if it is at the expense of others. Doesn't matter if it's at the expense of other people's wealth, as long as I'm going to benefit. As long as I'm going to get some benefit and some enjoyment from, from life. Doesn't matter if it's at the expense of other people's welfare. Doesn't matter even if it is at the expense of another person or another group of people or even a whole country's life. Doesn't matter. As long as I'm going to get enjoyment because I've only got this life to live for. And for that reason you'll find that some of the most, some of the most uh, greatest mass murderers within this era within the 19th 20th century some of the greatest mass murderers were people that were communist atheist materialistic communists didn't have iman in yawm al-akhir they say being a naturalist that not that makes you a fair human being no it doesn't this is the result of it so anyway point being is that yawm al-akhir no doubt it has timar and those are some of the thimar that are associated with it. It's thimar are great, and that is a mentioning of some of the thimar, the fruits that are associated with it. Next, we'll move on to the sixth pillar of Iman. The sixth pillar of Iman, which is in Iman bil Qadr. Iman in al Qadr, in pre decree. Well, Iman bil Qadr, al Iman bi anna Allaha qaddara kulla ma huwa kainun ila yawm al Qiyamah. Iman al Qadr, that is to believe that Allah has pre decreed every single thing that is to occur up until Yawm al Qiyamah. And it is of four levels. It is of four levels. Number one, Ilmullahi Azalan bikulli mahua ka'in. Allah's knowledge, Allah's eternal knowledge of every single thing that is to happen, that is to occur. And likewise, Allah's knowledge in extension to that. Allah's knowledge of every single thing that is to occur, that has occurred, and likewise that which hasn't occurred and will not occur. But if it did occur, how it would occur, when it would occur, and where it would occur. Yani he has ilm, he has knowledge that is absolute, absolute and perfect concerning what has occurred, what is occurring. And what is to occur, and what will not occur, and hasn't occurred. But if it did occur, if it was to have occurred, how it would have occurred, and where it would have occurred, and why it would have occurred, and when it would have occurred. Tayyib, the second, 
كتابته المقادير قبل خلق السماوات والأرض بخمسين ألف سنة الله جل وعلا this knowledge that he had concerning what is to happen up until يوم القيامة this knowledge that he had he recorded it in a register what is the name of that register اللوح المحفوظ he recorded it in that register 50,000 years before this creation was created. Number three. وَمَشِيئَتُهُ كُلُّ مُقَدَّرٍ وَمَشِيئَتُهُ كُلَّ مُقَدَّرٍ And his will that he allows every single pre-decreed matter to occur by his will. His will that Allah Jalla wa'ala, He not only did He have knowledge as to what is to occur, not only did He record it in the preserved tablet, He is the one that allows that thing to occur. He is the one by whose, perm- by whose permission, by whose leave that particular occurrence occurs. So that's the third level of having Iman in the Qadr, the Mashia. يعني that Allah جل وعلا it is by His will that those matters occur. The fourth matter. وخلق الله وإيجاده لكل ما قدره طبقا لما لما علمه وكتبه وشاءه. The fourth matter is that Allah جل وعلا creates, brings into existence every single thing that He decreed. Every single thing that he decreed based upon the knowledge that he had of that thing, based upon what was written down in Allah al-Mahfuz and based upon the will that he, and his will, as a result of which that thing, that particular thing came into existence. فَيَجِبُ الْإِيمَانُ بِهَذِي الْمَرَاتِبُ اعْتِقَادَ أَنَّ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ شَاءَهُ اللَّهُ لَا بُدَّ مِنْ وُجُودِهِ وَأَنَّ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ لَمْ يَشَأْهُ لم يشأه لم لم يشأه الله لا يمكن وجوده. So therefore, it is a it is a must and it is obligatory for us to have iman in these levels of al-qadr and to believe that every single thing that Allah Jalla wa'ala wills, it is inevitable that it is going to occur, and every single thing that Allah doesn't will to happen, then it is inevitable that it is not going to occur. وَهَذَا مَعْنَى قَوْلِهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمُ وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ مَا أَصَابَكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُخْتِعَكَ وَمَا أَخْطَأَكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُصِيبَكَ And this is essentially the meaning of the statement of the Messenger عليه الصلاة والسلام When he said, you should know, the Messenger said, you should know That whatever has skipped you by, or rather whatever has afflicted you Whatever has afflicted you and whatever has come to you whether it be of blessing or whether it be of, of harm. Whatever has bef- come to you, it shall never ever, <coughs> it will never have skipped you by. And whatever has skipped you by, whatever never reached you, that thing will never have, that thing would never have come to you. It would never have afflicted you, it would never have come to you. The detailed explanation of this hadith is going to come in the uh, uh, 19th hadith of Imam al Imam Nawi's Arba'un. So this particular Statement of the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, it is a statement that is taken from a hadith that is the 19th hadith in this particular book. And then when we get to that point, we will discuss and we shall go over that uh, in further detail.
So that that brings us to a conclusion concerning the seventh part of Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al Abbad's explanation to this second hadith in Arba'un Al Nawawi. We said that it is consisting of 12 parts. So far, we have covered uh, 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 seven parts, the seventh part being uh, an explanation concerning Usul Al Iman, the pillars of Iman. As for the eighth part, then that is the statement of the statement of the man that came with extremely black hair and extremely white clothes saying tell me about ihsan he said to the messenger والسلام, tell me about ihsan the messenger said ihsan it is that you worship allah as though you see him and if it is the case that you cannot see him, then surely he does see you. So concerning the Shaykh Abdul Hassan Abbad, he says, Al-Ihsan a'la darajat wadunuhu darajat al-Iman wadunuhu wadunuhu dalika darajat al-Islam wa kullu mu'min muslim wa kullu muhsin mu'min muslim wa laysa kullu muslim mu'minan muhsinan. So he says that this here is concerning the highest level of our deen. Our deen is of levels. Our deen is of levels. People that embrace our deen, people that observe our deen, people that are Muslims are of levels. Not everybody is of the same level. Paradise is not of the same level. And thus, the Messenger والسلام, when he was asked in this narration concerning the deen, find that it was split into levels. How many levels? Three levels. We've covered two. One is Islam. Second is Iman. This third one is the highest level. If you want to be the best of Muslims, the best of believers, you want the highest level, you want to occupy the highest level in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is this level. What is this level? Ihsan. What does Ihsan mean? This word, this Arabic word, Ihsan, what does it actually mean in Arabic? Just give me another Arabic word. Sorry? No, Lughatan. What does it mean just linguistically in the Arabic language? Ahsan, barakallah Perfection. Adam gave me the answer, but he gave it to me in Arabic. Itqan. Itqan means perfection. To do well. To do well. Ihsan, to do well, to perfect. Perfection, yani, to do well, to do perfectly. No, no doubt. Concerning the creation, to do well to the creation, to be generous towards creation. To do well in terms of your deen, to observe this deen, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with perfection. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with perfection. And the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he showed us how to achieve this. How to achieve this. He mentioned the pillar of this ihsan. And its pillar is one. And what is it? To worship Allah as though you see him. Even uh, to worship Allah as though you see him. And if you cannot see him. So if you think about it. The Messenger is mentioning two things here. Ihsan. It is to worship Allah as though you see him. And if you cannot see him, then surely he sees you. Then surely he sees you. So the messengers mentioned two things here. 
And these two things is what Ihsan is. It is the pillar of Ihsan. It is the pillar of perfecting your worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the highest level of your deen. A person takes his shahada. He enters into Islam. He is a Muslim. That doesn't mean that he has entered into the second level. Imagine there's a big circle. That first boundary of that first circle is called Islam. You enter into it. You're a Muslim. You have the essential requirement, requirements to enter into that first boundary. You believe in your heart that nothing has a right to be worshipped except for Allah. You believe that Muhammad والسلام, he is the messenger of Allah. And you come with the outward acts. You come with the outward acts of, of, of Islam. That is the first boundary. That is the first boundary. Then there is a second boundary. What's that boundary? Iman. What's this in reference to? I.e. the Iman, the Iman has become marsukh. The Iman has become established in the heart. The Iman has become firm in the heart. The Iman has become embedded in the heart. Or for example, Ibn Taymiyyah, he explains it as the one that is musir, yani he um, is continuous in committing sins. Continuous in committing a sin. Continuously perpetuates that sin again and again. Doesn't make tawbah. But he is someone that bears witness, La ilaha illallah. And he comes with the acts of, yani the fara'id of Islam. This is the one that is the Muslim. This is the one that is the Muslim. The one who doesn't, isn't musir ala al-kabair. He doesn't continuously perpetuate the major sins. He fulfills the fara'id. He commits a sin, makes tawbah for it. He commits a sin, makes, makes, um, makes repentance for it. This is the one that has entered into the second realm, the inner realm, the realm of Iman. And thus we have this statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When some Bedouins embraced Islam, Bedouins took shahada, Bedouins became Muslim. They said, we have attained Iman. So then this verse that I'm going to recite now, was revealed where Allah Jalla is informing them. Don't say that. Just say that you have embraced Islam. Allah Jalla He said, The Arab have said that we have attained Iman. Say, Say, Yani say, O oh Muhammad, that you, yani the Bedouin Arabs, you haven't attained Iman yet. I.e. Iman in the specific sense, that specific sense, the inner circle within the big circle of Islam. You haven't attained Iman yet. But rather say, Aslamna, we have submitted, meaning we have embraced Islam. We have become Muslim. And Iman hasn't yet entered into your hearts. I.e. it has not become firm in your hearts yet. It hasn't become rasikh 
It hasn't become embedded in your hearts yet. So this here indicates that just because a person enters into the realm of Islam, doesn't mean that he has entered into the realm of Iman. Now, just because a person has entered into the realm of Iman, does not now mean that he has entered into the highest level of religion. The highest level of being a Muslim, which is what? Ihsan. And if you look at the statement of the Messenger والسلام, you see that he is mentioning two things there. He is saying, Al-Ihsan and Ta'bud Allah That's one thing, that it is Ihsan, is that you worship Allah as though you are seeing Him. And then he mentions the second thing. And if it is the case that you do not see him, if it is the case that you cannot see him, then surely he sees you. And this therefore, the Ahlul Ilm, they say that, indicates that Ihsan it itself has two levels. Ihsan itself has two levels. The highest level is what? The highest level is this seeing. Yani, you worship Allah as though you are standing in front of Him, Jalla wa'ala, and that you are seeing Him. The highest level is that you are standing right now, I'm worshipping Allah, and I'm standing right in front of Him. And I can, he, I am seeing Him. Your Iman becomes so strong, it is as though you are seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second level that is not as high as that is that if a person hasn't reached that level whereby he worships Allah Jalla as though Allah is, be, he is before Allah Jalla seeing him that is the highest level of diana of being of religiousness the highest level of your deen is that level that you worship Allah Jalla as though you are seeing him standing right in front of him. You can't get higher than that. When a person says, my iman is high, that's the highest level. But a level that is less than that, still within the realm of ihsan, is what? And you have muraqabah of Allah. You have muraqabah of Allah. You're conscious of Allah seeing you. You're aware of Allah Jalla wa'ala seeing you and watching you. person, for example, he prays and he has in his mind, Allah is seeing me right now. Allah is watching me right now. A person, he engages in some act of worship whereby the voice is heard. For example, he recites the Quran or he enjoins the good and forbids the evil. When he's doing it, he's conscious. Allah is, Allah is uh, hearing me right now. Allah is listening to me right now. So that is the second level of Ihsan. Ihsan itself is of two levels. One level, the one level which is the lesser of the two, is Muraqabah. To be conscious of Allah Jalla watching you, seeing you, hearing you. And then the second level, yani the higher level, the highest of the two, is that a, that a person... He worships Allah as though he is standing in front of him, seeing him subhanahu 
wa ta'ala. Because when that happens, that is something that is the greatest thing that will cause a person to relish from his iman. And that is the thing that will be the greatest thing in having ikhlas in his worship, in being sincere in his worship. That is the highest level. And another point that you find that it's been mentioned together. And the messenger said, فَإِن لَمْ يَكُنْ يَرَاهُ If it is the case, فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ If it is the case that you can't see him, meaning that this lesser level of ihsan, if a person does it, if a person observes it, if a person worships Allah with muraqaba, if a person worships Allah with this awareness that Allah is watching him, that will lead him inevitably to worshipping Allah Jalla wa'az as though he himself is standing in front of him seeing Allah Jalla wa'ala. The messenger mentioned it together. And he, met, and he said, فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ And if it is the case that you can't see him, meaning that if you do worship Allah with muraqaba, if you do worship, worship Allah with awareness and consciousness that he's watching you, then sooner or later that will inevitably lead to you, the, lead you to the highest level of ihsan, i.e. worshipping Allah Jalla wa'az, as though you see him, as though you are standing in front of him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tayyib ya ikhwan, it's half past eight now, so the time for Salat al Isha has now arrived. So we've completed our study concerning the three levels of our deen from this hadith Islam, Iman, Ihsan. What is left now is just uh, 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 two or three points that Shaykh Abdul Mahsin highlights from the hadith points concerning the day of judgment the signs of the day of judgment um, which we shall inshallah ta'ala uh, go over next week and then perhaps enter into the study of the third hadith therefore homework for next week is that you memorize the third hadith a small hadith hadith concerning the five pillars of Islam والله تعالى أعلم وصلى الله على نبينا محمد والحمد لله رب العالمين